Hi, welcome to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast, a weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. Covenant Presbyterian Church is an open, affirming congregation, and we're so glad you found us. Our primary mission is to equip God's people to serve Christ in the world. In our weekly messages, we hope that you'll find inspiration, encouragement, and even challenge for your faith journey. Please listen with us now. In her book called My Stroke of Insight, Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor, who is a Harvard-trained brain scientist and a best-selling author, shares her experience of a massive stroke that happened to her in her early 40s. So over a period of four hours, she was able to observe her mind deteriorate to the point that she couldn't walk or talk read, write, or recall any details of her life. But at the time that logical, sequential left brain was deteriorating, she testifies that she experienced a euphoria lodged in the intuitive and the kinesthetic right brain. So at the same moment she was having a massive stroke she was also experiencing a sense of complete well-being and peace. In an article called What Happens When We Are Dying, Dr. Taylor reflects using these words. When we are on our deathbed, the left brain begins to dissipate. We shift out of all the accumulation and the external world because it's no longer valuable. What is valuable is who we are as human beings and what we did with our lives to connect with and help others. The authentic self is the part of us that I firmly believe shows up in the last five minutes of our lives. Today is my grandmother's birthday or was my grandmother's birthday She had the last moments of her life on Holy Week in 2018. I always end up preaching about Granny sometime during the Easter season, and it's been a good way to remember her. My Granny, Vivian Osborne, had been sick for a while, and we were like many families who spent a lot of energy on possible treatments and surgeries, some good quality time in the hospital with doctors, connecting with the community support she had, getting on prayer lists. And being the pastor in my family, my sister, who's a nurse, had really been pulling her weight for quite a while. I was tapped to spend a day with Granny to approach the topic of her death, or as my supervisor in hospital chaplaincy would say, to hold the gift of her life with open hands. So as Granny and I talked that day, she described the type of service she would want, the passages, the hymns to sing. She told me how she wanted her remains to be handled. And one of my favorite moments of that day and memories with my grandmother was talking scripture with her. Now, Granny was a church-going woman, more or less all of her life, and she knew her Bible 
in a way that only an independent Baptist raised mountaineer can. <laughs> Meaning, she knew every verse that this Princeton Seminary-trained professional theologian had to offer, and then more. So Granny and I talked through the Bible and how what comes next after this life isn't described so specifically at all. Maybe you already know this too, but there are no passages with the dimensions or descriptions of furnishings for heaven. There's no list of what you do when you get there or a roadmap for arriving on time and in style. A lot of what we think we know is passed down from popular culture. And now these are ancient texts that get passed down. But when it comes to scripture, the language on what's next after this life, it's not very logical. Its language lacks the weight of instruction, the heft of description. One might say it's not very left-brained at all. But instead, there are beautiful, beautiful and moving passages, wonderful metaphor, amazing imagery, ideas that resonate deep within us. When it comes to the life that comes next, what we get in scripture is the opposite of doctrine. It's like the scripture writers held a kernel of truth deep in their temporal lobes that didn't translate well into the language on the page. So they tried to explain this emotion, this connection, this deep-seated memory of the love of God that continues beyond. Here are a few of the ideas that the scripture writers come up with. They say that when we die, it's something like walking beside still waters, lying down in green pastures with a shepherd beside you. It's like fearing no evil while your cup overflows. It's like in your father's house, there are many, many rooms and someone has gone on ahead to prepare one for you. It's like wiping away every tear from their eyes. Death shall be no more, and neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. My personal favorite is from Paul's letter to the Romans. It just says that whatever comes next for us cannot keep us from God. That when we die, we move closer to the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Here it is in Paul's language from Romans 8. Maybe you know this passage too. What shall separate us from the love of Christ? 
Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword, nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Through him he loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now my granny had a favorite verse about death of her own. And it's not one that was on my radar, but when I heard it from her, it made so much sense. Because her son, my uncle, had died some 10 years earlier, too soon, tragically. And now on her death, she was anticipating. She was anticipating a release from the pain of losing your child a hope to come closer to the one who had gone on before. And the passage that she offered me was from Corinthians. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then we shall see face to face. I know in part But then I shall know, even as also I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. Scripture may not be super logical on this topic, but it sure does give us a deep well as we approach death. Our faith says that this life doesn't get the last word, and so offers us many words on what comes next. Images of peaceful waters, descriptions of knowing fully, promises of belonging, anointings with oil. What wonderful passages to remember, what wonderful passages to hear. Did you know that it turns out scientists believe that the last sense that we lose before we die is hearing? So neuroscientists at the University of British Columbia measured the electrical activity in the brain from hospice patients when they were conscious and when they became unresponsive while a control group of young and healthy participants was also used. So the researchers, they monitored brain responses to tones and they found that the auditory systems of the dying patients responded similarly to the young, healthy control groups just hours from the end of life. So they concluded that the dying brain responds to sound tones even during an unconscious state. And so that hearing is the last sense to go as we die. Our narrative scripture passage for today that Claude read for us so well from 1 Samuel 
it turns out it has something to say about hearing and the importance of hearing too. One of the commentaries that I read by Rolf Jacobson, who's a professor of Old Testament at Luther Seminary, says that this narrative story plays up the contrast between seeing and hearing. In the short passage that we read about the anointing of David, the word see is used five times. But that word see fails to deliver what is good. You might remember it says that the prophet Samuel is relying on vision, the way humans see when he decides that the oldest son of Jesse, Eliab, who was tall and fair and must have looked good, surely he was the one that would be anointed king. Do you remember what the passage says? This is a well-loved verse of scripture too, that the Lord does not see as humans see, but looks deeper within the heart. Do not look on the appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord does not see as mortals see. They look on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. So Rolf dives a little deeper to see that seeing just doesn't cut it here. And what God really wants from Samuel is to listen, is to hear. You see, the prophet was meant to listen for God's promises, for God's image, for God's voice. The passage has God speaking directly to Samuel to say, you shall anoint for me the one that I name for you. So listen here. The message is rather clear. When dealing with matters of God's actions and will, human sight is an inadequate tool. The human sense of hearing, if we are listening to God, is preferred. What a message for us to take with us throughout all our days even in the valley of the shadow, that God is speaking, and we are to listen. And that according to scientists, even at the end, we will be able to hear. I'll close with this. My mom and my dad were with my grandmother on the day that she died. They'd been sitting vigil with her. She was home on hospice care, so they were with her in the very last moments of her life. And it is not easy. Maybe some of you know this. I've been at hospital bedsides as a chaplain when someone is dying. The process of dying is a painful, shadowed valley. But my dad had asked if I had some texts that he might read as Granny was transitioning from this life. So I pulled open the old minister's handbook and offered a few of the ones that we had talked about, some that I've mentioned here. Now my dad, he's an elder, choir member, 
But I don't know that reading scripture out loud is a practice he takes up very often, but he did read scripture to Granny in her dying days. And I am comforted that when she could no longer rely so much on her body, that when her left brain chatter was drifting away, when she could no longer see or even fully comprehend, she could still hear of a dwelling place with a room prepared for her, a pasture of peace and plenty, a full tables and dripping oil of still waters to walk beside, of a green field for lying down where the soul is restored. To God be the glory, time without end. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast. I invite you to visit our website, covpresatl.org. That's C-O-V-P-R-E-S-A-T-L.org. There you'll find current worship information, links to our live Sunday morning streaming service, and our full archive of recorded services. You'll also find out more about us and how to get in touch. I wish you well in these strange times. God is with us. Grace and peace to you.